Well, hello there and welcome back to the show. Now, a little over a decade ago, I started taking some courageous steps to investigate some unhealed trauma from my past. Up until then, I was really good at pushing it down until it popped up again, often in some sort of health issue, just like whack-a-mole at the fair. Now, trauma is not uncommon for people with ADHD, whether it's big T trauma or complex trauma. We talk about both of these during the episode. And it's not easy to tease out which symptoms stem from ADHD and which stem from PTSD. But during this episode, my dear friend and colleague, Krista Bevan, and I talk about the overlap between ADHD and PTSD symptoms and how both conditions can be managed in similar ways. We talk about what ADHD and PTSD are, the similarities and differences in symptoms, the impact on life if either is left untreated, and lifestyle adjustments and treatments to manage both. Now, we are not doctors. This is not meant to diagnose. This is not meant to be, you know, that we're not prescribing this to you, but we are both fascinated about the mind-body connection, curious about the overlap, and we were really excited to have this discussion about the ins and outs of ADHD and PTSD. We mentioned Krista's interview, ADHD Calming the Nervous System and the Vagus Nerve with Krista Bevan, and you can find the link in the show notes. Now, Krista Bevan is the founder of the Radical Mother Village for mothers dedicated to consciously breaking cycles of generational trauma. She's a certified TRE, that's Tension and Trauma Releasing Exercises provider, and a nervous system educator for fellow cycle breaker mothers. She is also the host of the Radical Mother Village podcast. Now, from a word from a word from our sponsor who is none other than Krista Beffin. Now, as moms with ADHD, we know all too well the big emotions that often accompany ADHD, and we're just not good role models for our kiddos when we're having them. That's why I depend on experts like nervous system educator Krista Beffin. Krista has created a truly brilliant course to help moms like me and you regulate our nervous systems that tend to run on overdrive with ADHD. Now, if you know you need some help in the emotional regulation area, that's an executive function that is often challenging for ADHDers. Check out her foundations course. It's designed for what she calls cycle breaker moms, but the content is brilliant for ADHD moms too. It has honestly been a game changer in my own life. Now I'm a course participant and I love the way Krista teaches in a way that my ADHD can understand along with easy steps to implement what I'm learning into my everyday life. You can find all all the deets at bit.ly forward slash vdm dash radical mother dash foundations or you can just find the link in the notes and just so you know i only recommend and allow sponsors that i have personal experience with and i am telling you what krista bevan and her courses are the real deal she's amazing so check out the course and enjoy the show And you're listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast with Tracy Nolan Bierman, where we believe that you can have ADHD without ADHD having you. Each week, you'll hear firsthand relatable stories, as well as invaluable tips, tools, and practices for managing overwhelm and using your beautiful, unique mind as a superpower. Motherhood with ADHD is the journey of a lifetime. Let's enjoy the ride together. Mm -hmm. 
Hey, Tracy, I'm so excited to be chatting with you. I have been looking forward to this conversation for a while. It's always nice to connect with you. You as well, Krista. And yes, we have been talking about this for a very long time and really excited to dig in and um, and uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah. And, and so the reason that we're both so excited is that we had this brilliant idea. Well, we'll see if it's brilliant. I think it's going to be brilliant. <laughs> to sort of do this um, crossover show, I guess, for lack of a better term. That's what they call TV shows, right? When they like one characters from one show go to like the, the other show and it's like Chicago Fire, Chicago Med, right? So we're doing a crossover episode here. And That's the reason exactly it, it. Yeah. is that we're talking about the crossover between what I do in my world and what you do in your world, which is I help mamas who are dealing with a trauma background and oftentimes navigating PTSD and CPTSD, which we're going to get into what that means in just a moment here, but mm -hmm. with those symptoms. And then you do work, of course, with mamas with ADHD and you and I being friends and knowing each other and knowing each other's work have come to realize, wait a minute, there is so much overlap and crossover between these subjects Indeed. and we don't see a lot of people talking about it, right? Right, right, exactly. And so I think it's important, and I'm going to speak for you here, but I, I think you would agree that it's important to talk about these things because PTSD and ADHD are both so prevalent mm -hmm. and they also have a lot of similarity and it can be really validating to recognize that you have one or the other, or even oftentimes both right. and sort of seeing oh, like I make sense. I'm not broken. Right? I love that. I make sense. Of course we make sense, right? Yeah. We're not broken. Yeah, we're not. I love that okay. you said that. So let's do this. Let's dive in. Right. Um, let's first, for anyone that knows me, there's sort of a running joke that I like to start by defining things, right? So what the heck are we talking about? What is P We just threw a bunch of alphabet soup at you, right? So right. ADHD, That's exactly it, right? The alphabet soup. <laughs> PTSD, CPTSD. So let's just take a moment and orient the listeners to what these things are. Chances are they've probably heard of these terms, whether or not they know what they are, or maybe they have one, but don't know what the other is. So I can go first and just talk about PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder, mm -hmm. okay? And this is something that happens. It's sort of a collection of symptoms that can crop up after you've experienced a traumatic situation, right? Post-traumatic stress disorder. So it's, right. um, it's a set of symptoms that are a little bit different for everyone, but it's essentially that you've had difficulty recovering from a trauma. Now, PTSD just by itself is typically talking and referring to recovering from a single trauma. So like mm -hmm. a single event. So a car accident, a hurricane, a fire, uh, um, a job loss, a, a divorce, right? Like a single incident that you then have difficulty recovering from. And then you hopefully can get your PTSD under management and then move on with your life. Right. What really affects a lot of the women and moms that I work with is something called CPTSD, which is complex mm. PTSD. And right. the big difference there is that CPTSD, this is really getting into alphabet soup territory, often has its roots in childhood trauma and that it's not typically caused by um, a single incident, but rather an accumulation of events of 
repeated traumatic exposures, both big T and also little T trauma. So big things like, again, the natural disasters, the divorces, but also little T traumas like bullying, financial mm. insecurities, um, systemic traumas, right? These kinds mm -hmm. of things that happen. It's the accumulation of negative effects from exposure to long-term chronic persistent trauma. So I use those terms sometimes interchangeably, but most often what I'm really referring to is CPTSD because those effects tend to change our brain anatomy. Those tend to affect our lives for a lot longer. They right. can tend to look like personality traits and they can be sort of embedded in our lives and they take a little bit more work to untangle and untwine mm -hmm. so that being said i'm actually going to turn the mic over to you and give you a chance to let the listeners know what is adhd and where does that um how does that fit into this conversation yeah well first of all thank you for defining those two right and I'll get into this in a minute, but the CP, CPTSD, CPTSD is, um, <laughs> is one that many of us with ADHD are familiar with, or maybe we're not familiar with, but we, but we, um, but it, we have that, the CPTSD. So ADHD is attention hyperactive um, deficit disorder. Attention Deficit Hyperactive Disorder. Yes. There you go. That's it. And the interesting thing is that, so it's a neurological disorder. I'm doing air quotes right here, right? It's a neurological uh, disorder that is often uh, generational or not generational, but it's, it's often genetic, right? Now there is that nature nurture piece to ADHD as well. Right. When you grow up in a an ADHD household, you tend to, you know, we tend to do, I mean, this is exactly the work that I do in the world, right? Our kids are watching us always. So let's let's be what we want our kids to see. Now, unless we are self-aware, we could be teaching our kids the opposite of what we want to be. So so there is a genetic disposition, but there's also a um a, a, a generational aspect to it um and many of us so it's in our brains are just wired differently okay mm -hmm. and they say that usually now in in young boys it usually shows up much earlier because for them it's more it's more in the physical in the hyperactivity and girls that often doesn't show up until like they say 12 that you that you usually know by the age of 12 um and and by that point when the girls are finally diagnosed um a lot of damage has already been done right and because of the cptsd that knowing that we feeling i mean this is this is for in my life anyway my whole entire life i felt like i am different right i've known that i'm different i don't think the same as other people i some i often have felt like i'm an outsider uh, in this world, you know, it's an interesting and, and, and now that I am fully immersed in my ADHD and um, I understand that that is uh, it's a common feeling for lots of us and with women, it's different. So and there are three different um, three different types. There's there's the hyperactive, 
there's inattentive, which is, you know, the hyperactive usually is the, is what the boys, it, they know we notice in boys first. And then there's the inattentive, which is often the, the females, right? Um, who are more on the emotional side and, and kind of take things in. And then there's a combination. There, there's combination hyperactive and um, inattentive. I personally am both. And what I have learned too is my, I mean, I, I am a, if you can see me, I'm, um, I, I use my hands a lot. Like I move my, I'm constantly in motion, but the hyperactivity is not necessarily in the body. It can be in the mind too, hyperactive mm -hmm. mind. Mm -hmm. So from what I'm understanding now, I am not an expert in ADHD. It's I share what I learn, right? Um, but that, I guess that would be kind of in a nutshell, what ADHD is. So it's, it's more of a, it's something that, that you, um, that you've, you've had all your life. Yeah. Well, and everything that you just said, I'm, I'm sort of nodding my head going, yep, that sounds like a trauma symptom. Yep. That sounds like a trauma symptom, right? Because there is so much overlap. So yeah. I just, I want to add one thing that I forgot to mention. I, I started saying this and then I interrupted myself. <laughs> it's very apropos to this conversation. <laughs> But um, another distinction, just real quick, between PTSD and CPTSD is that typically with PTSD, there's sort of a marked clear before mm -hmm. and after personality right. shift that um, you and, and oftentimes others can detect that sort of fits like oh, there was this traumatic thing and then they're changed, right? The mm -hmm. person has become changed with CPTSD. Um, I think I said it's that hard right. to, I, know, I'm like, I know it's ADHD, C, PTSD. Yeah. Okay. It's like one more letter <laughs> and yet it trips me up. Right. Um, is that a lot of the effects because they are so cumulative in your life and they are happening from such a young age that they can be seen just as these personality traits, right? I started, mm, I started right. mentioning this before, but, mm -hmm. um, but the reality is, is that they aren't necessarily reflective of that person's innate nature and rather they're coping mechanisms. And I think, right. I think coping mechanisms is something that's going to come up um, when we speak Absolutely. in just a moment here on ADHD right. and, and how it um, impacts our lives. But before we go there, I think it might be helpful if we just each take a turn sort of outlining what some of the symptoms are. Now we sort of mm -hmm. know what we're talking about. And what does this look like? How does it show up in our lives? Do you want to do you want to answer that, and then I can go? Yeah, sure. So the interesting thing about ADHD is it is different for every single person. Mm -hmm. It can, when left untreated, it can morph into they call it comorbidities, which I detest that word um, but they're talking about anxiety depression you know sometimes personality disorders and like all bipolar can be in combination like when left untreated which for women it often is left untreated because we don't know right i i didn't find out until about 20 years ago so i went through my entire childhood um feeling like I'm, you know, and working so much harder than other people. So our brains are wired differently. Some of the symptoms um, would be um, not being able to focus and having a hard time um, coming up with a plan, you know, initiating a plan, um, following through with the plan, staying focused on the plan. Um, there's a lot of um, 
it's they call it executive function so um and and which from what i understand is a lot that's kind of a, where the part of the brain where where ptsd is affected as well so there's so much overlap it's it's really interesting so um some of the other things uh socially we have we we often have a hard time socially um which was uh something that i um kind of grateful to know finally that oh it's my brain it's not me like i i would always say and i would always think if this person only knew how much I thought about them, they would know that I love them. Mm -hmm. Like that uh, my fault, the, the follow through, the, um, the, the not necessarily racing thoughts, but the thoughts that go and go and go. We have a hard time with emotional regulation. Um, the list goes on and on and on. It's all of this. You know, so running a household, oh my goodness, like it's hard enough for any mom, right? And then you add, you add ADHD on top of that, we have a hard enough time just keeping it together ourselves. And then we have all of these other, you know, all of these other aspects. Running a household is really, really difficult. And I don't know if I answered your question, but they're, they're, it's the, the executive function of the processing, prioritizing, and, and which is interesting because I'm a very highly intelligent person, right? But put me in front of a test, you know, or so we don't, we, we, we tend, we, we tend to not do well in the structured linear way of thinking the way that society is set up, you know, we call it the, the neurotypical world. We don't, we don't necessarily because our minds kind of are circular, which is really what life is. Like, I don't know where this linear <laughs> way of living um, came into being. Anyway, that's men, kind of they live on linear time. Right, right. They and, have a different biological circuit, not a circadian rhythm, but a different biological rhythm that resets every 24 hours, whereas women do not. I mean, right. That's a whole other conversation. So many. That's where so, it came from. Right. Yeah. So we don't, we, we, we tend to, um, we tend to go roundabout and try to, you know, following conversations is often difficult. Um, staying focused. We need something that's interesting and important to keep our focus. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That, I think that about covers it. But at the same time, isn't it true? And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but people with ADHD can can both exhibit symptoms of sort of fractured attention, I guess, mm -hmm. for lack of a better, like fractured focus, for lack of a better term, but also can conversely exhibit like hyper focus on I've one topic. I talk about the hyper focus. Absolutely. Right? But isn't that, a, that sort of like a flip side of, of that tendency can be one extreme or the other? It is. And that's why deficit, it's not an attention deficit. It's right. that we take in so much information, so much sensory information that we don't really have a, um, a, a filter, like what is what's important. So everything feels important. So it, it does seem like we're distracted and, but, but we're getting so much information, but then we can hyper-focus like, oh my gosh. And, and, and he, and I'm understanding that, that this is a common thing. I thought it was just a me thing. So one day I can hope hyper-focus, I can get stuff done. The next day I'm like, I cannot even like, you know, make a meal. <laughs> um, but the hyper-focus, so this is an interesting thing about that hyper-focus. I don't know, have you ever heard of the Holderness family? They no. do, um, they do YouTube videos about family that like funny videos. 
Mm-hmm. Well, he has um, ADHD and they were on the amazing race. Okay. And his ADHD ability to hyper-focus is what, why they want it. Because I he was that. able to hyper-focus about the, on this one, what anyone else would think is a very insignificant thing. <laughs> Um, I'll tell you a very quick story. My husband and I went out one night and um, and uh, we took an Uber home and I spent, we got home and I spent the next hour trying to figure out how do I tip this Uber? Like <laughs> it was midnight. Like I, like I had to, and until I was able to complete this one task, I couldn't go to bed. And my husband's like, what is going on with you? I'm like, just you gotta figure. He's like, just hit the button, this. let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. You are absolutely right. There is the, there is the, the scattered attention and then there is the hyper-focus and we kind of alternate. Yeah. Yeah. Which can be frustrating, right? It's incredibly frustrating, especially when you, you know that this is, you want to get this thing accomplished or you want to be focusing on this one thing and you, you're all over the place or you're focusing on something like an Uber tip. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. And there goes an hour of sleep that you right. could have had. Right. Yeah. So how about PTSD? What are the symptoms of PTSD and CPTSD? So, you know, it's honestly a lot of what you just said, or at mm. least it can appear that way. Right. So right. for people suffering from CPTSD, it can be things like intrusive thoughts, mm-hmm. it can be anxiety, sort of racing mind, sort of an inability to shut that part of yourself off a hypervigilance that can come with um, with this of being triggered constantly, being in an activated nervous system state. Right. And like you were saying, an activated nervous system state means that you've downregulated your executive functioning. Your mm-hmm. brain is rerouting more energy and more resources to your survival brain, to your brainstem and your limbic system, which leaves less left over for your executive and cognitive thinking and critical thinking skills. Exactly. So we end up more in our emotion body and less in our ability to think with curiosity and playfulness and openness. And it affects the stories we tell ourselves about the world, right? Mm -hmm. So we start to see the world as dangerous. We start to protect ourselves. This can show up as mood swings and things like anger and irritability, Um, difficulty with emotional regulation, similar Mm -hmm. to what you were saying, emotion swings from um, one end of the spectrum to the next. Um, It can be things like difficulty sleeping, either Mm -hmm. staying asleep or falling asleep to begin with. It can mean that you're more likely to participate in risky behaviors because again, that part of your brain that's assessing things isn't functioning as completely and fully as we'd like it to be. It can leave you with a negative view of yourself, feeling like something's wrong with you, feeling like you've been betrayed by your body and your brain, wondering why you're broken, feeling Mm -hmm. like other people are not like you. So the sense of loneliness and isolation, a feeling of hopelessness. Um, It can also be similar to what you were saying about social situations is that when you have a history of trauma, especially an untreated history of trauma, you can be really wary of other people. You can have mm-hmm. difficulty trusting them. If you have attachment issues from um, really early childhood, you can have trouble feeling safe with others, trusting that they're going to do what they say, that you can actually let your guard down around them, which means things like forming or man- maintaining romantic relationships, friendships, those can all be really difficult. As mothers, as parents, it can be difficult to 
do what you need to, to nurture and foster healthy attachments with your children mm -hmm. because your attachment is so insecure. Right. Um, so it can really be, it can be all of these kinds of things. It can also be memory loss. So a lot of um, trauma victims as a protective mechanism, your brain will actually block out certain mm -hmm. memories of things, mm -hmm. right? But then it can also lead to things like difficulty focusing, difficulty concentrating, right? Difficulty with recall, all of these things, again, that we think of as executive functioning in the brain gets disrupted by this takeover of these protective parts of ourselves that are there for a reason and have served a very good part, right. but are now starting to impact our life, mm -hmm. right? And that's kind of where we were going to go next, right? Which is this This idea that when left untreated, both ADHD and symptoms of trauma can really start to wreak havoc on our life, right? They become right. very disruptive. And especially too, because we both work with mothers, we both work with audiences of women that are moms. Mm -hmm. It can really make motherhood, which is already challenging as a baseline, that much more difficult, right? But these things can, um, further exacerbate our symptoms, right? So for, for trauma folks that have a level of dysregulation in their nervous system that they're dealing with, it means that you have disproportionate reactions mm -hmm. to events. So you're screaming at your kid when they knock a cup of juice over when it just means you need to get a rag and clean it up, right? It's, it's having stress behavior that causes you to feel embarrassed or in shame, uh, excuse me, embarrassed or ashamed or feel guilty of afterwards. Again, this excessive hypervigilance in parenting that can look like being a helicopter mom, not right. being able to let your kids out of your sight, not trusting them with other people, making sure that they don't step on the thing or don't touch this or don't, don't put, uh, you know, that, mm, sort of, right. that sort of angsty kind of feeling that doesn't let you relax. Mm -hmm. It can be that agitation and reactivity it can be physical symptoms for the, the trauma, for the, tra the trauma mamas, <laughs> <laughs> trauma mamas. I love for that. The trauma mamas listening, right. It can be um, physical symptoms, chronic pain, muscle tightness, having difficulty, relaxing your body, difficulty, enjoying things that are otherwise happy events, mm -hmm. like hanging out with your kids when they're being sweet and cute and innocent. And you're so checked out and afraid right. of what might happen that you can't really be present and patient and attuned to them, right? So all of these things start to impact us. It's, and then the other thing I'll just wrap up here and then I'll, I'll hand it over to you is um, in line with physical symptoms is that we know from research that chronically dysregulated nervous system states mm -hmm. are linked to chronic inflammation. Right. And chronic inflammation is linked to all kinds of leading diseases in this country. Mm -hmm. And especially for women, it's linked to things like autoimmune diseases because, right. and I don't know the exact statistic, I should have looked it up, but it's, it's some ridiculous number of women who have an, one or more, because if you have one, you're more likely to have multiple mm -hmm. autoimmune disorders, right? I have right. one at least that I know of probably more than that, but it can lead to things like chronic pain, autoimmune flares, unexplained illnesses. A lot of times um, women will go to their doctor because they're having physical manifestations of trauma. Mm -hmm. 
symptoms and they get the sort of like, we don't know, guess it must be fibro, like right. fibromyalgia. Right. Like we don't, we don't know what else to call it. Or I think, isn't that what they call it when they don't know what to call it? Like yeah, when there's no, you just, yeah, it must like, be fibromyalgia. Yeah. It's like a diagnosis of exclusion. It's like, right. well, we're not really sure. And fibro has actually been connected to, um, nervous system dysregulation. It's completely a, a dysregulation of the nervous system exhibiting itself in this physical state, right? right, right. Um, digestive trouble, GI upsets, food sensitivities, right? Mm-hmm. So these are all things that you can see impact day-to-day life, impact parenting, impact the quality of your life, the quality of your parenting. And they just make life a hell of a lot harder. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so, so answer um, for the audience, if you will, Tracy, how does ADHD, especially when it's left undiagnosed as well as untreated, how that impacts our lives and why it's so important to, to recognize that you have this and then, and then work with it. Yeah. You know, Krista, going back to the symptoms that you, um, that you mentioned that, that go along with uh, PTSD, you might as well be talking about ADHD, right? Like just about everything, I don't know about the the memory. We have more like a more of a working memory. It could, I could be wrong. There could be a memory. There there could be a memory issue as well. But like just about everything that you said is uh huh uh huh uh huh. Now one of the and and just like what you said about the when it if left untreated. Um, there I don't know exactly the statistics, but this the 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 rates of um of uh substance abuse the rates of self-harm and suicidal ideation um the rates of um of uh um of uh behavior um that is um that could be dangerous dangerous behavior um all of these things the rates for people with adhd are incredibly higher than your neurotypical person Right. Um, And like I was talking about the comorbidities. So when left untreated, all of the 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 anxiety that might have been might have started in childhood all of a sudden turns into this like this monster of a of a of a thing or the depression or um, so many other um, uh, mental mental health um, issues that that can arise. I was reading something just this morning about um, about how young women, um, young girls, or you know, like um, uh, have a higher rate of unwanted pregnancies. I mean, like the list goes on and on and on and on. Um, and that's you know, we, we'll we'll talk about this in a minute. Um, but it's not like. <laughs> With ADHD, the the the, uh, the the common, especially if you do not have ADHD, the common thought is, oh, well, you can just take some medication. You can just take some Ritalin. You can just take some Adderall, and it's going to take care of all of that. But no, it doesn't. It doesn't take care of the, you know. So as I was saying, all of the the uh, the 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 uh, the rates, the the high rates of of all of those things I mentioned, those are all opportunities for uh, for um, drama, like yeah. all of it, you know? Um, so we, we also, we have a higher rate of trauma, you right. know, we have a higher rate and those, those, the, the um, complex, the CT, CPTSD, 
because we spend a lifetime feeling like we are not of this world. <laughs> like we are, there is something wrong with us. We also tend to, um, there's this thing called um, uh, rejection sensitivity dysphoria, hmm. which I, there's, there's a term for it. There's a word for it and or a, a term for it that I didn't know, but my whole entire life, you could say one thing. I mean, I can think about this one thing that a teacher said to me when I was in second grade, I can still go right back to that. It was one thing. And it was just like, don't run across the tables or something like that. I was like, Ooh, I'm bad. I'm a bad person, you know? So all of these things kind of stack up and create can create a monster if left untreated. Mm -hmm. Well, and I'm sure too that, um, and, and actually I was going to ask you this earlier. We're, we're, I'm going to go a little off script here and all good. You're, you're comfortable to, you're welcome to share or not share as you feel comfortable. But I think this might be helpful for people, especially because you're saying that ADHD is so much different in women and girls than in men and boys. Right. Um, how, excuse me, how was it that you got diagnosed finally? And that must have felt like such validation and relief that there wasn't something wrong with you. And it, it probably put a lot into perspective and explained a lot, right? I'll, I'll let you actually put words to that. I won't yes. speak for you here One in your experience, but <laughs> well, that's the hope, right? Yeah. So my you know, all of those things that you mentioned, those bodily things I've had, I've had the intestinal things and I've had, I mean, I was, I used to call myself the girl in the plastic bubble. I was allergic to every single freaking thing. I was allergic mm -hmm. to everything. Right. Um, and just always sick, always feeling, um, feeling ill or not really being able to enjoy life. Um, so this is kind of, this has been through my entire, you know, I mean, into my twenties, even my mother was diagnosed with, um, with, uh, with ADHD. Now, before she was diagnosed, I was di diagnosed with bipolar. Mm. So I was di diagnosed with bipolar. I had been diagnosed with, as with so many things. <laughs> Right. And I also was, um, I was my, my go-to, my, um, my, um, uh, my way of self-medicating was drugs and alcohol. Right. That was my, that was my, um, my, uh, teens and teens and twenties and into my thirties, but my mother was diagnosed. But before that I was diagnosed with, um, with, uh, uh clinical depression. And then I was diagnosed with bipolar. When I got the bipolar diagnosis, you know, I'd, I'd read through all of the, um, all of the symptoms and, and, and I just, it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel like that was the right thing. Um, after a, probably about 20 different medications and none of them worked for me, you know, that for depression and anxiety, there were actually, and, and bipolar as well, there, there, there was actually a few of them that made me feel like I was crazier than I originally felt. Um, and then my mother was diagnosed with ADHD and I, I thought, oh, okay, I probably am. So it wasn't maybe five years later after I, after the bipolar disorder, um, diagnosis that I was, I was kind of, um, I was kind of unofficially diagnosed by a friend who, who is a uh, family therapist and he did that's what he did. Like he diagnosed 
um, families with, and he had ADHD as well. So I had an unofficial diagnosis and I was like, okay, now that I know what it is, but I didn't really know what it was. And and at that point I was not interested in any more medication. I'm not going to try the Ritalin. I'm not going to, I'm so done with the medication. I'm just gonna, I'm now that I know I'll just keep myself more organized, right? I'll just, and and, which ended up turning into a little bit of OCD, (laughs) another one of those comorbidities. So, um, does that, does that kind of answer your question? So it's been a, it's been a ride and it hasn't, it wasn't really until, one of my children was diagnosed. Well, I have one that was diagnosed with uh, with sensory integration disorder um, or way early on. And then another that was diagnosed with ADHD. And it wasn't until the ADHD diagnosis when I really started paying attention and really started really learning. Because before I was like, okay, now that I know, that's okay. But there's so much more. And now, now that I look back, I think, oh man, 20 years you know, like what I could have been doing to help myself. But here's the interesting thing. And we're going to get into this, Krista. When I look back on my life, especially the past 20 years, every single thing that I've done along the way, like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, my number one core value is, is growth, right? Mm -hmm. Every single thing that I've done has really, in essence, been to treat my ADHD. Now I started doing yoga 30, 30 years ago. It was 1992, I started doing yoga Um, and all of these things and, um, you know, energy work and all kinds of different things. I realized, oh, I've been treating my ADHD, you know, in my own way. And and then when you and I met, I was like, oh, my gosh, we... (laughs) Like what you're doing, the the nervous system regulation, all of the, all of the, the, what you teach is exactly, is that exactly what's been working for me with my ADHD? Well, that's a perfect segue. I just want to, I want to mention two points that you said. Um, One is that your mother was diagnosed and then that sort of opened your eyes to things, but then it was really when your child was diagnosed. That's exactly it. Right. That it, that it finally like clicked for you because that is something I have heard with ADHD moms over and over and over again, though I, I, and I, this could be a, a misperception on my part, but usually that's a little bit later when their kids are a little bit older, mm-hmm. but I hear that exact same scenario with moms who say, I'm fine. I did, I had a fine childhood. I don't have any trauma. And then their three-year-old starts throwing their bad behavior back at them. They're like bad traits, not right. bad behavior. I don't mean it that way, but their, their sort of trauma symptoms, their three-year-old starts exhibiting. And that's sort of this wake-up call to go, oh, well, that was my first wake-up call, right? Maybe I do have some trauma and right. where is this coming from in my child? They're getting it from me. And, and I have talked to so many moms who have this sort of like epiphany moment because of their children that then gets them to seek the help that they're needing in their own lives that then starts to like put all the pieces of, oh, now my life, like I can see my life with this whole new lens that yeah. starts to change a little bit of the way I see things. Right. Right. Yeah. That, yeah, Exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's for, um, for me, the, um, so it was about almost when, when my oldest was three, 
was when I realized the um, the pessimism, negativity, um, self-loathing, mm-hmm. and I realized that he was getting it from me, right? Yeah. So that was the first, that was kind of, I call it the first evolution of Tracy. Like, no, not the first, as a parent, the first evolution of Tracy as a parent. And then more recently, the second evolution of Tracy as a parent, right? The, the bigger, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting, like the, 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 the levels and the layers of, um, of awareness and understanding. And, you know, we'll do anything for our kids, even take a really deep look at our, and in, in addition to my ADHD, I've got the CPTSD. I also have PTSD in there. I've got, have several, several periods in my life that were like, there was, you know, we were talking about that before and after, like there was a, a definite, um, a definite uh, point in life where things changed. Yeah. Well, and then Tracy, I want to go, there's one other thing I wanted to go back to, which leads us into this next piece here, which is that you said, and it, and it came out of the bipolar diagnosis, but all this medication, right? Because mm-hmm. I think that that's a really um, common place for both doctors to turn, but also people who are suffering and, and understandably, and we have both been there. I, I did the same thing. Yeah. I was told, oh, you're anxious. Oh, you're depressed. Take these pills. And really all they did was sort of just dull me out from my life, but didn't actually address anything. They weren't fixing right. the underlying problems. And so this is not to say, this is not like Tracy and I rallying against medicine. No, I think, and, and I think you'll agree with me. There's a time and a place mm-hmm. And they can be helpful, but they're not a cure-all. And they're not a cure-all for ADHD or PTSD or any kind of trauma symptoms. Exactly. And really, there's lots of different management options for both. And so Mm -hmm. I can can sort of speak to the, the trauma ones, which is that, you know, obviously, we have the ones that we kind of think of like therapy and counseling. This is a lot of talk therapy, Mm -hmm. which, again, has a time and a place. But what we now know about trauma and, and the way that the body is wired is that we actually want what are called bottom-up approaches. So approaches mm-hmm. that work with the body to affect change in the brain. In fact, you and I have had a whole long conversation on this, right, that we can link to. Um, right. but, but we did a whole interview on your show about that very thing. But so there are things like EMDR therapy, which is eye movement desensitization and reprogramming or reprocessing Mm -hmm. sometimes um, that has a somatic component to it that can help, especially for single incident, big T or not, excuse me, let me, let me retake that. Um, That can be especially helpful for single incident traumas, Mm -hmm. um, but it can also be nervous system regulation work, like the kind of things that I teach with clients, um, somatic practices, embodiment practices, things like yoga, like you were mentioning that you turned to sort of on your own. Right. It can be vagal toning exercises, again, working with the vagus nerve, which is a huge um, modulator of our stress responses. It could be practices like somatic experiencing that a mm-hmm. lot of people have heard or um, tension and trauma releasing exercises, which is one of the modalities that I provide to clients to work with. It can also be dealing with some of the underlying physical issues that you're experiencing. So um, rebalancing your gut microbiome, really getting Mm, dialed in on your gut health, supporting Mm -hmm. your adrenals, which are often burned out, supporting your thyroid, right? Which also goes with these 
um, cofactors like autoimmune diseases. Right. And then there's also things like IFS or um, internal family system. Parts work can be really effective and helpful, especially when you have these um, complex trauma symptoms and you have these different pieces and protective parts of yourself that are sort of showing up um, in this way where it's probably time for them to have a day off. Mm-hmm. IFS is a really great way to sort of integrate those and get those parts on board for allowing some of that healing to happen. Right. So, um, and I'll let you speak to what, what are some of the things um, that you can do to manage your ADHD. But the point is there's a lot more than just taking medication. So if yeah. medication is working for you or it's the thing that's helping you. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're listening to this, just know that that's also not the only option, but your doctor might not tell you that. There are other things that can be supportive and helpful either in addition to or instead of medication. Right, right. Yeah, and just about everything that you talked about um, (laughs) would be, I mean, are things that I have tried and that I have, that I have, that uh, that helped that help with um, with ADHD symptoms. So, and there are symptoms, right? We're not we're not at least we have these brains, right? They're wired in a certain way, and we don't necessarily it doesn't necessarily go away. But we can rewire the brain, right? We can we can uh, the brain has neural neural plasticity, which means that we can create new neural pathways, which yes. is brilliant, right? Yes, which is the vision driven living that I teach, right? Mm -hmm. That we can, we can retrain our brain to go from the, from the, you know, down the rabbit hole to we pull it back. And am I saying it's easy? Heck no, it is (laughs) not easy, right? It's, it's simple. It's simple. Just, oh, just redirect. Sometimes it's a hundred times in a day, right? So it's, it's uh, the medication, medication, therapy, um, talk therapy, uh, the somatic work, Absolutely. I have done so many different, um, tried so many different modalities over the past 30 years. And I always come back to the mat, always, every single time. And I've tried, and there are some things that I've done that I've really loved, but I still, and and that, that really worked. Right. But I still come back to the mat that there is there for me anyway. And I, you, you may be the same way, there is nothing, there's no other mind, body, soul connection that I have been able to find um, better than yoga, better than being on the mat. That's yeah. my little soapbox for yoga, um, as well as the whole entire body, right? The, the, the yoga, it, it connects the mind, body, soul. And that's the thing. We are not, we are not, um, we're not, you know, I like to say we're, we're uh, spiritual beings in a human form right? So we are, we, we have, we have different parts to us. We are not just our minds, which when we, when we have ADHD, we tend to live up here in the mind. And we, like you were saying, we need to bring it back down, bring it back down, bring it back down into the body. Right. And, um, and definitely connecting back to that, all that uh, somatic conversation that we had and about the vagus nerve. It's brilliant. And it's true, right. Uh, That the mind body connection, um, there are things like uh, DBT, dialectical behavior um, uh, therapy, or CBT, but I like the DBT because it has a mindfulness um, base to it. 
um, to help retrain those thoughts, to help you with skills. Because there's one thing, okay, you can take medication and you can do talk therapy, but you need skills, man. Yep. I mean, this is what you teach, right? You need exactly. skills. You can also go with, um, there is a, uh, there, there's a lot of uh, research out there to, to, that, that proves that, um, that uh, the foods that people with ADHD, you know, we're sensitive beings. We tend to be very sensitive beings, right? So uh, the foods that we eat are definitely affecting our minds. We know this, right? And you, and you explained so beautifully um, on my podcast on that episode about the mind, um, the mind gut um, connection. So um, what else? So many, so, there's so many things that we can try. And here's the thing, not everything, like you might not, not yoga works for me. It might not work as well for you, but you find what works for you. You know, you open your mind and you you research or you you start you start somewhere, you know, I mean, and, and there's a place for all of it, but you have to find it's like your own. It's it's your menu, you know, what works for you, because like I said at the very beginning, ADHD is different for every single person. Mm -hmm. And that's hard. <laughs> Right, because you want it to be like, oh, this is going to be it. But no, it's more of like you know. I like to say it's a um, a combination of lifestyle and treatment, right? Mm -hmm. Lifestyles and treatments. Yeah. All right, Tracy. Well, that brings us to sort of wrapping up and and final thoughts on this. And <clears throat> excuse me. And also, um, one thing that I think is so encouraging and inspiring in the trauma healing field. Mm -hmm. And what I have also observed about ADHD is even just in the last couple of years, there's been this huge explosion of awareness right. and coping skills and, and life lessons and opportunities and, and different ways, modalities, different um, tricks and techniques that people have found that work well for them that I feel like even five, 10, 20 years ago, those things were not readily available for people no. with ADHD or PTSD, right? Right, right? And I feel like the good news is that when we start shining a light on these things, which is why I think it's important that, you know, you and I are having this conversation is that it gives people choices and it gives people hope about what's possible. And like you're saying, because it's funny that you say the word menu of options. I was actually using that in a class I was teaching today about nervous oh, system of regulation. Course. <laughs> that we want to have a menu of options so that depending on the season of life, the season of motherhood, what our physical capacity is, our mental capacity, what our financial capacity is at any given time, mm -hmm. we can pick and choose the things that are going to work for us. Right. And so I think that's you know where I want to kind of wrap up this conversation is, is looking at the positives because a lot of this can feel sort of doom and gloom and overwhelming and like, oh my goodness, like I'm different. But really, I think that there is hope and that there's lessons to be learned from both of these things right. that, you know, for me, it was about coming to terms with the fact that my body was not betraying me. Mm -hmm. The panic attacks I was having for almost 20 years were not working against me, even though it felt like they were, they were and talking started, to you. Yeah. When yeah. I started shifting that and mm -hmm. understanding and learning about my nervous system physiology. This is why I'm passionate about teaching clients what I call nervous system literacy right. and befriending your stress response. You can take those stress responses and rather than see them as stumbling blocks, 
you can transform your view of them into superpowers. Right. And you can start to work with them instead of feeling like they're working against you. And there's so much power and potential in that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's what I want my sort of take, take home message to Mm -hmm. be at least from my side about these things that this doesn't have to be, um, this doesn't have to be bad news. It can feel like a lot, like you were saying, it can be a lot of work. It can be, um, simple, but that doesn't mean it's easy. Right. But there's also lots of resources available now. There are people to connect with. There are resources on the internet. There's Instagram accounts, there's podcasts, there's all kinds of stuff. There's more trauma-informed therapists. There's ways to get help that are going to meet you where you're at more so than ever. And I think that is an exciting thing. And it, it, yeah, it's an exciting thing. I think it's it's a hopeful thing for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, even twenty years ago, when I when I um, was diagnosed, um, we had medication and therapy. I know that the other things were out there, but they weren't out there in our awareness. You know, it wasn't it wasn't out there as as possibility. Right. And it's very freeing for. Uh, for uh, people with ADHD to understand that I've been trying to fit myself into this neurotypical world. Now that I know I can do it my way, Mm -hmm. right? I don't have to do it that way. That way does not work for me. I mean, and it's, it's, it really can be freeing. And and, and again, that's the shift. Let's shift that into freeing rather than overwhelming. Right. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Tracy, I'm so glad we had this conversation. This was a lot of fun. I think that this is really, I think people are going to really resonate with this and and hopefully find a lot of value in this, that they are not alone and permission to be themselves and that they're right. not broken. Yeah. Um, so thank you for having it with me. I, re- I really appreciate that. Yeah, Krista, thank you. I love any opportunity to, um, you know, I get very animated and excited when I talk to you because you get it. Yes, I know. I, I, you're like, I talk with my hands. I'm like, wait, so do I. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm moving energy. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. It. Thanks so much, Krista. Goodbye Thank for you. now. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast. To get started on your Vision Driven Mom journey, go to visiondrivenmomwalk.com to download the Vision Walk audio guide. Join the collective of moms with ADHD moving their bodies and their lives forward and leaving overwhelm behind. Anything is possible, even for the mom with ADHD. Goodbye for now.